Hey everybody, welcome to the Hard Times Strongman Podcast, training up a better class of man. Today we are talking resistance. Wolverines. Wolverines. Oh man, this has been a long time coming. To be honest, we've touched on it. We've we've done aspects of it, but we've never gone full on head first dive into a rose bush kind of you know development into this stuff so it's about time i was gonna say we haven't you know we've referenced it but we haven't hit on the head yet Mm -hmm. and you know very much so the community at large that prepared us second amendment former gwat community whatever at large you know talks about it skirts around it whatever but i feel like this is something that is going to be very real for a lot of people really soon. So needs to be talked about. We need to discuss this. We need to dig into this and get comfortable with the topic and the idea of resistance. When we say resistance, we're talking about the refusal to accept or comply with something, the attempt to prevent something by action or argument. For the purpose of this conversation, we are talking about, we're, we're essentially talking about a small decentralized force facing off against a larger and more organized force in combat. So you're David versus Goliath. Good way to think about this is good old fashioned Wolverines. Yep. Yep. You haven't seen it. You should. Bunch of co- or what? Not college. A bunch of high school kids you know, face off against the good old red menace and as fun as these were for action place, there's actually a lot to be cleaned off of that. And by so. Wolverines, he's talking about the movie Red Dawn from, I believe, what, 1985? 84, 85? Somewhere in there. I was going to say, we have Google. <laughs> yeah. 1984. 84? Hell yeah. Not that it matters, but. I was going to say, it's ubiquitous. I mean, for me, it's a core memory. It I guess really is not. I mean, they, they remade it. Oh, man. It I wasn't as good. I was the first one this time. That's crazy. No, it was the I was not. I'm never a fan of sequels or remakes. Honestly, I've yet to find a, a decent one, but. No, the the original, the original concept, I mean, what a classic enemy. And I think it was just so well done. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, like it was just. Yeah, very, very well-rounded, deep where it needed to be deep. And, you know, they, you know, they said what they wanted to say. You know, um, so there's also another movie. It was out on Netflix. I think they finally pulled it. Um, goes along the same concept. Uh, it's a group of Australian teens uh, get invaded by, I think it's the Koreans. I think North Korea invades. Uh, invades uh australia the the movie was called tomorrow when the war began yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, i know about that i don't know if i watched it but i i definitely know of it it's it's based off a book or series of books i believe and they were supposed to make a sequel to it and hasn't yet gotten off the ground but it that movie was honestly if you get past some of like the bad acting the the plot holes the concept itself was actually really really well thought out and the basics are essentially what we're trying to teach you know 
these these teens go right. out into the uh in the wilderness for just kind of like a weekend they come back and or they wake up to uh helicopters and fighter jets flying over their heads at night and then they go back to town nobody's there and sure enough there's like north korean troops rounding everybody up into camps i'll say dissension camps yeah and then it just devolves into a full-on like wolverines type movement Mm -hmm. with them going back out to the brush with like camouflage stuff and stealing weapons and supplies and doing sabotage it's 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 a fantastic movie, but well, and that that for me too, you know, watching. I wish I could honestly. I wish I could watch it again for the first time. Yes, nineteen eighty four Red Dawn. Because yes. just for me, the you know the sirens, seeing everything drop, and then everybody's freaking out, hop in their truck, go. They stop at that convenience store, and then they beat it through a freaking checkpoint, and then they just hide, essentially. Like, hey, I'm going to come get you. Okay, we'll wait. And then no one comes. It's like, oh, we got to go check. And then it's just your entire freaking world is just gone. It's available you know, on you Amazon Prime. Yeah. I mean, you're, their entire world was gone. I mean, just look and they have like all of the adults, everybody who could be a threat in a detention camp. Like, like you said, just like up armored vehicles roll around and helicopters flying around looking for people. Just, yeah kids like and not like you know we hired a you know you know people in their 20s and 30s to look like kids but like they actually did really great with their casting where it's like oh no these are like high school kids having to figure this out like oh yeah wild but so concept of the episode today so looking back on our history as americans it's our belief at hard time strong men that every man woman and child should be able to aid in the defense against oppression from enemies, foreign and domestic. The few must stand against many. That's what it means to be a strong man in hard times. That being so, said, here are some considerations for a resistance. You need to start off with your situation, your mission, like what like what are you actually fighting for like why what why does this need to happen is there a reason for this do you have a tyrannical government do you have uh, an invading force is is this something violating your rights to the extreme like we we deal with rights violations on a daily basis you know don't think we don't this isn't like a utopian society rights get violated all the time around here so what are you fighting for how are you going to do that And what are your capabilities? These are three things, the first three things that you need to come to mind for you to be able to even consider having a resistance. Because the thing is, if you don't have a strong sense of why you're fighting, what you're fighting, you know, what you're fighting for, why you're fighting in the first place, then it's going to crumble. All of your efforts and when you're talking about fighting when you're talking about warfare when you're talking about conflict if you're talking about people's lives you need a good reason this is not something that you just shoot off from the hip about you know this is not something that you throw together last minute you know this you need to put thought into this 
just like the American government and, did when they said that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. And really all we went into Iraq for was the oil. Just going to sit there and throw that out there. On a slightly positiver note, the American revolutionaries yes. had a firm, firm reason that they put their names on that piece of paper. It was part of their non-negotiables, and it's something that they did not go into hastily. It was well thought out, and the decision was weighed. Right? Something else you need to consider after you made that decision, or while you are making that decision, how are you going to do that? How are you going to fight? How are you going to resist? If you don't have a good answer, now's the time to figure that out. Because not everybody is a barrel chested freedom fighter, pipe hitter, you know, kicking down doors. It is so, so, so much more than that. So you need to figure out your role in this in advance. And then when we talk about capabilities, we will get into this in the, you know, throughout the duration of the episode. But I really want to stress that this is not a, oh, I can have or, oh, I want to be able to do. You need to take a no crap look at yourself, your stores, your equipments, your, you know, everything that you bring to the table. And it needs to be an honest, objective assessment. If you cannot do that, that is a disservice to you and to everybody you're going to be in contact with. This, Plain and simple. This is not about just making numbers. This is not about sending, you know, your group of people to NTC, to the box. You know, you're not trying to make numbers to look good on paper. This is a, like you said, a no bullshit assessment of what you're bringing to the table. Because if you are lacking and you're just fluffing it on paper, it could be you that's responsible for your death or the death of someone around you or multiple people around you. Right. And the success or failure of the mission. Yeah, it's kind of about resistance. I mean, I don't mean to get all small, you know, star-spangled mared, but I mean, like this is like this can have generational consequences. You need to act like it. Yes. So. Moving up and out. Starting with the fun stuff, your arms and equipment. How are you equipped? What? What? Equipment do you have available to you right now? Objectively, what do you have available? What can you do? Okay, get that thing grin off your face. <laughs> I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the listener. You, the listener, what do you have available? Not just arms, not just firearms, but equipment, clothing. I, it's, I, don't, I don't know how to say this in a more broad way. <laughs> how, you know, what do you have? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty much that simple. It's, uh, it, we're not just talking about your arms. Like, 
yes, you need weapons to fight a resistance. You do. But, I mean, that also encompasses, like you said, uh, your clothing, your communications equipment, like your sustainment, your sustainment, your supply. It's, it's what do you have? Can you, like, logistically do this? Can you feasibly pull off a resistance? Or do you need help? Mm-hmm. And not just that in the macro, but micro, you know, for, you know, just say, you know, operationally, what tasks can you perform for how long? Right. So something that, you know, we would do while I was a machine gun was machine gun math. Mm-hmm. Okay. How much ammunition do I have? Okay. This number was actually mean. You know, what rate of fire can I sustain for how long with this amount of ammunition? Yep. Am I counting my egress in that? Am I counting for, you know, shift and lift fire? You know, can I do follow on missions? You know, this is, you know, this is not something that you can, you know, low ball or high ball and then get surprised at later. You know, that's going to be a quick way to get a bunch of people killed or, you know, say, you know, oh, yeah, we can totally make it you know, through this year and then none of your guys have winter clothing and you're getting frozen out. Hello, American revolution. Yeah. You don't want your guys boiling parts of their boots to eat. You're not wrong. Not a good look. I mean, nobody wants to be eating hard tack anyway, so goodness, good Lord. I don't want to be eating leather. <laughs> also on the flip side of that, what, who is your anticipated enemy? And what are they equipped with? Yeah. Do you know what they're equipped with? Are you familiar with their weapon systems, with their equipment? What are their tactics, their SOPs? We we're talking about this in the or in the pre-pre-show. You know, you have available to you the sum of human intelligence and knowledge for the most part. Do your research. And then along those lines also with your arms, your equipment, your stores, uh, are you able to procure or resupply your current equipment? You know, we're thinking outside of yourself. We just talked about community a couple episodes ago, you know, town meeting, right? So what are you able to procure, not just for yourself, but for a team, a squad, extras, you know? We're not talking about the best of the best stuff, but it needs to be serviceable. It needs to work. So you shouldn't be the guy with 10 different ARs and is safe for 10 different things. That's not the way to go, right? A better way would be you are attacked. A better way, (laughs) you know, have a a couple of ARs for, you know, they're given, you know, they're given jobs, they're given tasks, Mm -hmm. but if you feel a need, you're like, oh, man, I really just need to build ARs. That's what I love to do. <sighs> Go for it, boo. Like, I don't care. Get after it. Go ahead and build 10 solid ARs so you can equip 10 dudes. I did. That's a great answer. Like, <laughs> you know, all, I'm I'm all for it. But I'm not for the dude that has 10 red and ARs for no good reason, just because he likes to have them in a safe to look at. You know, that is not what we're that's not what we're talking about. Shoot your guns, man. Don't let them be safe bunnies. Anyway. Anyway, last bit I had was, what do you need? Another thing to think of. Hopefully at this point, 
go for it. No, go ahead, man. Finish your thought. I was just going to say, like, at this point, hopefully, if you're, you're looking at your arms and equipment, hopefully, you know what you're potentially fighting for. Hopefully, you know who your enemy is and what their capabilities are. So what do you need? What are your deficiencies? And now is the time to be fixing that. Yeah. Before you're in conflict, because depending on that context, depending on how hot or cold that is, you either a won't be able to do it or B you're gonna have a lot of eyes looking for different purchases or looking at money trails. Just a thought. So that kind of goes along with what I was going to say was, you know, what do you need? But how are you going to procure it? How are you going to fix your deficiencies? Because like they did in Red Dawn and tomorrow when the war began, they fixed their deficiencies by by killing enemy soldiers or by stealing equipment when people weren't looking. Yeah. Well, something else to think about, too, at the beginning of Red Dawn, when they went to that, uh, when they went to that like convenience store, that um, that outdoor shop, mm-hmm. they raid everything they could. You know, well, they didn't raid. They stocked up everything. You know, it was one of their dads that ran the shop. Right. Mm-hmm. They got everything that they could stuff into that truck and then they bounced. Right. Yep. But. That Russian force. When they took over the town, they looked at the inventory of that shop. They said, hey, you have this, 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 and this missing. Where is it? How many people took it? How many people are hiding? And they had a, they, based off conjecture, they knew that someone was hiding. They knew that people had balance with all, with all those stores, you know, the sleeping bags, the propane, the food, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. I mean, you are, you know, you are not the smartest guy in the room. You know, you have to give, you know, credence to the fact that you are facing off. If you're facing off against a human enemy, you are facing off against something extremely dangerous because it can think. Yeah. I mean, think about uh, what was it? Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. The Jew Hunter. Oh, right? yeah. Based off conjecture. And analyzing information, it is insane what the human brain can process and the, you know, the results it can come to. So. Be smart, be smart, very smart. That leads us into communications. Uh, How are you planning on communicating not only with the outside world, but also with your own team, your own family, your own community? You could be running burner phones. You could be running landlines, field phones. You could be running your radios, signal panels, you know, via 17 panels. Uh, you could be running flares or pyro of some kind. Uh, smoke signals. Smoke signals. Spray paint, shock, mirrors. Yes. Like we're, we're talking mirrors. all the way down to the freaking hobo signs. You're, you're creating your own language. Uh, yeah. Hand signals, everything. Um, but. Once again, you know, along with a pace plan, right? This is something that needs to be practiced. This needs to be something that you can build up an SOP on. Yes. It's sorry. Oh God, sorry. It's not something that you can just fire from the hip on this stuff. This stuff takes significant planning. 
significant planning. Like I did not give this enough credit in the army overseas when, you know, the communications freaking slide came up on the op order and I just kind of glossed over it. I'm just like, I'm good. I've got my radio. It's like, okay, what happens when my radio goes down? Because it will. Because it will. And it did several times. Not through any fault of my own, just because those radios are pieces of crap. But what was our backup? Our backup was another radio, a handheld with line of sight. From there, it was a sat phone. From there, it was an actual cell phone. I'm not even kidding you. A cell phone we bought in country, super not secured, was like our tertiary line of defense, our emergency. The last one besides sending a prior to go run somewhere. And that would have been a hell of a fucking run, honestly. Yeah. And we did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, it makes you think. So so as a as a new team leader, right, training, fire and maneuver. Mm-hmm. Right. So my radio went down as I was set in a sober up by fire position. And my guys just burning through ammo because I couldn't hear, you know, my other team leader, you know, my fellow team leader trying to talk to me. And tell me to shift fire. Couldn't hear him for anything. And then I have my, you know, I have my guys, you know, talking guns. And I hear a faint, a whistle because he had a little handheld. Oh, yeah, whistle. Because our swaddler make us carry those. Right. And I could barely hear that thing over, I don't know, three M4s and a saw. Getting after it. (laughs) But I could. It it took a while. Burned a lot more ammo than I should have. But could shift fire and continue on, but you have these plans in for a reason. You cannot count on your equipment working all the time. Especially radios. You can't. Military radios, especially notorious for going down. Yeah. I mean, and we'll, and we'll talk about it. So a lot of this context resistance, right? Uh, I was gonna bring this up in the references section, but the modern warfare Institute. So this ran out of West point. But they had a podcast episode called The Theory and Practice of Resistance. Had an expert on talking about how these smaller countries, you know, these smaller NATO countries shouldn't, you know, have to follow your NATO, you know, you know, big operation, you know, guidelines and frameworks, right? Because they're they're not big countries, right? So you're wasting resources, you're wasting potential. Instead, they should adopt a resistance type structure. So completely throw the book away and go back to every, you know, household, every man, woman, child. You know, so imagine entering this country, invading this country, and then having the entire freaking country fight against you. Right. And that's what that's what he was opting for. You know, that's a huge problem. Right. That's what we need to be getting to, to where everybody is on the same page with this. So we'll dig into another episode, but we have a small team concept, you know, our version of the hunter killer team, right? Which lends itself perfectly to this, you know, cause not everybody can pull together a complete fire team or complete squad. Anybody can grab two buddies, right? So you're not talking about, you know, potentially guys that are as spun up as you are bringing back to way long about, Back to communication, right? So you're not, you know, potentially going to be having everybody on the same page as you are with equipment or with SOPs or with your training, right? So 
these communication methods, they need to be teachable, they need to be repeatable, and they need to be, you know, you need to be able to source this stuff. I love that we are not the ones, not the first to put this at, that hunter killer thing out. Like who came out with it before us? Oh yeah. Was it uh, Redbeard and uh, Nickus of Nix? And Reaper. I mean, there's been a lot yeah. of dudes in the community talking about it in, in different ways and shapes. Cause granted, you know, in, uh, in the normal context, you're talking about a, um, you know, like an anti anti-tank or like a, uh, sniper force. Yeah. Right. So you have, recon. Yeah. you know, a small team, your recon, all that stuff. Right. But, uh, yeah. It, I mean, hell man, talking about an extremely effective, you know, tool in the given, in the right context. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. A lot of guys bring out a lot of really good information, I mean, which just, is where we need to be getting to. Just, just look at the uh, the Chechen wars. I mean, the the Chechens were like gods at employing these kinds of hunter killer teams. So it can be done effectively, and it can be done. I love the fact that you're drinking a shiner right now. <laughs> I haven't had one of those in a long time. Um, no, they the Chechens American, were so. yeah. The, <laughs> The Chechens were gods at employing these kind of things, and they just absolutely demoralized the Russians doing this to the point of where the Russians were committing. Well, I mean, they both were on both sides. They were both committing atrocities by the end of the war. So it's it's a very effective thing, and it's something that we definitely need to touch on, and we will. And I love that we're going to. I'm excited for this. Yes. We can talk about psychological warfare. Yes. Fry the brain. Yes. We, we can definitely talk about that. We, we need to talk about that book. We can, we can talk about psychological warfare. I don't mind. <laughs> Neither do I. There's no fucked up things we can talk about. Goodness. All right. Moving on. So sustainment. sustainment. We talked about sustainment several times in several different episodes. Briefly, I'll run through the different classes, but then we'll dig into actually what we kind of want to be getting at with, you know, the with the concept of a resistance force. Okay, so class one rations, so your food and water. Class two, your clothing and equipment. Class three, petroleum, oil, lubricants. Class four, construction materials. Class five, ammunition of all types. So bombs, explosives, small arms, all that good stuff. Class six, personal demand items, lickies and chewies. Class seven, your major end items, so launchers, tanks, mobile machine shops, etc. You can apply this to you know major machines, major tools that you wouldn't normally have available, right? Uh, class eight, your medical materials, so medical equipment, parts, consumable items, which there will be a lot of mm -hmm. uh, blood and blood components. If you're if you're so lucky. Uh, Class nine repair parts, class 10 non-military materials. So agriculture, that's going to be huge. Um, economic development, et cetera, et cetera. So in the context of a resistance force, okay. So let's say you suddenly find yourself in a, you know, invaded in, in occupied territory. You can expect a lot of this stuff to go away. 100%. You thought the lockdowns were bad. <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like this is this is rough. So this is why we will die on the hill of community and <laughs> networking because 
this is the only way that all of these things continue to be unless like we we become so pacified and so coddled with our supply chains with our industrial <laughs> supply chains having everything a click of a button or on an app or you run to walmart real quick when all that goes away all right that's where your community comes into play yeah so food and water we've talked about homesteading a few times right i firmly believe everybody needs to get we need to get back to the point to where everybody either has chickens rabbits cattle garden you know can bake bread have a garden or somebody or you know somebody mm-hmm. you know directly relate to you that you know has all that stuff and not that you have to do everything but that's where your community is for you know filling each other's gaps so if you can't run to walmart real quick <laughs> yeah where you're getting your food where you're getting your water oh i have a bunch in a garage or in a storage shed somewhere isn't a good answer yeah so I don't know, man. We we've we've hit this about half to death, but I mean, just looking at this list, can, the only things that's going to be like even remotely readily available are going to be your class ones, twos, um, fours, and tens. Like your rations, your clothing and equipment, your construction materials, and your non military your non military material. Those those are the only things that I think you'll be able to, at the very least, loot or barter yeah. for. Everything else, like your oils and lubricants. If you're so lucky to even have some in a shed somewhere for stuff that you have, cool. Ammunition, mm-hmm. good luck. Personal demand good items, your lickies luck. and chewies, after that first initial push and everybody's eating through all the freaking like gummy bears and stuff, those, those are gone. I mean, you're going to suck really bad to be a smoker about then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your major end items like your tanks and stuff. I mean, unless you're in like Ukraine and you're stealing Russian tanks that just ran out of gas, you're not going to get anything. Unless you're making your own like launchers for RPGs and stuff, cool. But nobody's going to have that readily available. Your repair parts, I mean, we can if, fix that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> your repair parts, like, unless you have a factory that can somehow run off of solar, you're, you're not going to be having repair parts for stuff. Unless you have a stockpile of stuff somewhere, good luck. And then you get to your medical material. I mean, well, also rep- also repair parts. Like, if you even know how to repair anything, mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you know what's wrong with your car if you don't know how to fix it. Yes, right. So, so we know all that. Let's run through the classes real quick and just some, just okay, quick stuff that we can that just top of your head kind of thing. So rations, food, and water, like we you know class one. Like we said in the past, all right, you need to have a garden. You need to start keeping animals or, you know, start getting plugged into your community with people who keep animals, right? Your renewable sources of food, learn how to bake bread at the very least, right? What takes two, three ingredients to start a sourdough starter, then two other ingredients to, you know, be making that into bread. Mm -hmm. So, you know, get after it. Water. We've, oh, we've been saying for over a year now, you know, have three ways of purifying water, you know, oil, mechanical filtration, chemical filtration. 
make sure your source right. for your water is secure. Can't say that enough. Yes. A renewable source of water, you will never be able to store enough. So there you are. Class two, what do you got? Uh, clothing equipment. My only thing is being able to repair clothing, right? Learn yeah. how to sew. Yes. <laughs> learn how to sew. Learn how, learn how, to, how to patch. Sew. Learn how have, to have I mean, functional clothing. Yeah. Like you're you're not gonna yeah. be able to run around in BDUs all the time. I mean you can, but what's gonna happen when they rip tear or just wear down? Like you're gonna have to either replace them or you're gonna have to learn how to fix them. Yeah. Well, and be intentional with your clothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I'm not gonna be running around a freaking war zone. Hey dudes, <laughs> you know, like decent footwear, you know, having excuse me, clothing that you can actually stand up to something i mean i know everybody loves the you know the flex pants and everything those tear faster than anything yep. you know, have a decent pair of work pants i mean a, a carhartt jacket i mean you know granted florida that's not your context but no. you know what i mean no. like start thinking of you know uh function over form here and then equipment like we said you know, two is one, one is none. Being able to actually work on your equipment, being able to repair or modify as needed. Only thing I have for class three, so like oil and stuff like that. Learning how to do more with less, how to apply different things. You know, um, what's the word I'm trying to trying to say? Six. Um, where you use something for something else. Repurpose. Uh, yeah, repurpose. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Be able to repurpose. As far as, you know, petroleum and everything, you know, like uh I think stay or is that what's called? Stay still, you know, the additive that you know helps oil stay fresh longer. Are you talking like uh because your oil will go bad? Yeah, like how they um they stir it mechanically. Or that's gasoline. No, I mean just I mean, just the, uh, it comes with a little bottle. Oh, dude, I don't know. I, I know what you're talking know, about. Like I don't that. remember the name of it. If you have a diesel, you can recycle your diesel fuel. Yeah. Or <laughs> well, veg- not vegetable oil, but, um, you Use know, like, that's what I'm just saying. JP8. Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, figure out how to make stuff work. You know, I mean, you're not going to have the, you know, sunshine rainbows best outcome every single time. No. So we'll learn how to make stuff work. Oh, man. Construction materials. Um, I hate even going into this because my first thought is stealing it. <laughs> going to construction yards and stealing what you need. Um, you go to Lowe's. Home Depot. God, I even hate suggesting this kind of stuff because it's just like you're stealing, but you're also stealing from companies. So, you know, they don't really have too much of a heart for the the whole people in need thing. But, you know, figure out a way to repurpose. Also, that's not that's not that's also not what we advocate. And that's not what we're exactly. That's about. That's like, I mean, desperate situation kind of thing. But like construction materials in the context we're talking about. You know, I mean, you're turning the populace against you at that point. Exactly. Which is not what you want. Exactly. So, you know, best case scenario, um, figure out a way to barter with people who do have what you need 
So construction materials, be it hardware stores or even like these local Lowe's or Home Depot's who have wood or even lumber yards, like figure out what you have that they might need or might want and figure out a price, you know, barter. Right. And for things like lumber, that's something that you can source yourself. Correct. You can buy a, you can buy a, a mill jig for your chainsaw. Mm-hmm. And you can make your own dimensional lumber. Yep. Outside of that, you know, like other like prefab stuff, finding abandoned buildings or, I mean, just trying to, yeah, like you said, that's difficult. And it is. you would definitely have to weigh, because this is more like, like critter type stuff, combat engineer stuff. So that I feel like you have a very constricted scope and purpose. So I feel like that makes things a little bit easier mm-hmm. on you than anything. But moving on, class five, ammunition of all types. Yeah, good luck, man. Dude. Something that I can't say that would give you, you know, help me have a 22, have a nine mil, have a five, five, six or three weight. In the States, that will get you pretty far. Yes. and. You know, 760 by 39. That'll get you pretty far. Mm-hmm. Now, for other stuff, there's things, I forget the brand, things like Excalibur or th- the the break action, just single shot kits that come with the different inserts for different calibers. Those things are great. Those things are great for being able to just use all kinds of odd calibers that you would never personally carry. But if you find ammo you're not gonna pass up on ammo you know what i mean no so that's 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 uh, stockpiled yeah so that's a really another great tool in the toolbox i mean and hell man that that leads into caches and other stuff i mean because you're not gonna carry six rifles but it's not like you're gonna let the enemy carry the other five either so i mean if if the enemy has it and I want to take it from them. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it from them. And guess what? I've got another weapon. Well, <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean, like if you're not going to carry six rifles, but you're also not going to just leave them around so that the enemy can pick up five rifles either. Correct. So yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, I mean, bombs, explosives. <sighs> Again, exactly what you said. You know, you're not just going to leave them alone around so that the enemy can use them on you. So if you don't know how to use it, don't know how, you know, how dangerous it is, you can either blow it in place or remove it from the area and ditch it in like, I don't know, at least here in Florida, ditch it in the swamp. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, those alligators have it coming. Let's say they're over there mm-hmm. and over there. Yep. Okay, so another another avenue I thought of that is, you know, talking about sourcing stuff, being able to make your own stuff. That's true. It's a little bit scary, but that is true. And you've got something for that. There is an app for that. Uh, I don't have it on paper. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Which one? The um, the improvised explosives like real quick. or improvised munitions. Yeah. Yes. I think I have that actually. <laughs> well, here at Hard Time Strongman, we like to give solid references. So we're talking about TM31 210, 
Department of the Army Technical Manual Improvised Munitions Handbook. Yep, I've got that somewhere. Useful tool. Any hoozle. Yes. Moving on. So lickies and chewies, class six. These are your personal demand mm-hmm. items. These are your candies. These are your beef jerkies. These are all these things that you like to snack on, but things that make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside mm-hmm. when you're really cold. This does include, as you were hinting at, liquor. We're not clear here. <laughs> I was my my knee jerk reaction is to say, "Well, sucks to suck, nerd. You're in a freaking war, um, but your dudes also need morale." That is true. So that is something that is pretty easy for you to just kind of think of as a throwaway, but it goes really, really far it for is. Your, for for you and people under you to have that kind of creature comfort. So and- if you're able to. Let her rip, man. But and, I wouldn't count on it. Yeah. And I will say this. Um, red wine keeps for a long time. As long as you don't refrigerate it first. Honey, too. Yes. Honey will not go bad. Cannot go bad. It can't crystallize. That is but true. Reheated. It is good to go once more. Tastes very sweet. It's it's actually got a lot of really great health benefits. It's actually re- yeah, pretty neat. Pretty neat deal. I didn't know it's um, you can use it for like cold sores, mm-hmm. like antiseptic. Yeah, yeah, crazy. So that brings us into class seven. These are your heavy military pieces. We're talking. Rocket launchers, we're talking tanks, like you said, mobile machine shops. These are things that like, I mean, this also includes, I believe this would be also things like bulldozers and tow trucks, like heavy, heavy machinery, right? Killdozers. Killdozers, yes. Concrete and bulldozers. Sorry, I'm trying to find, do you know off the top of your head, the guy on Instagram who's making the Flieger Faust. Oh, sweet Jesus. No, you sent that to me. Um, God, that absolute unit. Yeah, that's the the four-barrel rocket launcher, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember who that was. You sent me that. Maybe our patrons will know, but I can't remember off the top of my head. I think that was Wild Arms Research. Could be. Sounds about right. Is that the same guy that was making the... uh? The, the breech load mortar launcher tube. Yeah, that thing. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Love this guy. That to say, 3D printers can do so much, guys. <laughs> yeah, I need to get mine operational again. Uh, hey, guys. Seven from the Hard Time Strongman podcast here to bring a quick word from our newest sponsor, Blackbeard Firestarters. We first saw Blackbeard Firestarter a few years ago, and after seeing what the product can do, it's been our kit ever since. Their Firestarter rope and their fire plugs are windproof, waterproof, dummy proof, 
They have an insane burn time. And like anything else that they offer, it just works. Besides their fire stars, they offer an arc lighter, feral rod, stormproof matches, basically anything that you need to get a fire started. To better equip you, we cherry picked their inventory and made our hard time strongman fire kit. Basically our essentials kit for anything that you can need to get a fire started. But besides that, they're offering 10% off anything in their store when you use the code STRONGMEN. We love the guys at Blackbeard Firestar. We love what they're doing. We trust them and we trust their products. And we honestly can't recommend them enough. Make sure to check them out online at blackbeardfire.com or on Instagram at blackbeardfire. Huge shout out to the guys at Blackbeard Fire for working with us and for bringing the fire. As always, guys, stay in the fight. Hey everybody, this is 6 and 7 with the Hard Time Strongman Podcast, and we are coming to talk to you about our Patreon and Discord. Hey guys, our patrons get early access to all of our episodes. They get all of our exclusive pre and post shows, all of our spicy takes, all of our rabbit holes that we go on, everything that we want to include in the episode, but we can't because we need to stay on topic. And soon enough, we'll be offering digital downloads, guides, everything that we've been working on in the background will soon be available to our patrons so make sure to check it out and come hang out with us on discord speaking of the spicy stuff this is where we discuss most of it once you're there you'll get access to all of our in-depth discussions including stuff like homesteading fieldcraft medical camping communications shooting you like ars come talk to us about it you like four by four vehicles and prepping come talk to us about it you like tannerite thermite napalm come talk to us about all of the campfire talks that would get us kicked off of other platforms it's right there in our discord come join our community we're active on discord every day we're interacting with members constantly we have guys from every walks of life coming to contribute their expertise to all of these various fields and subjects that we've been talking about come join the watch the discord come join the discord join our community build up that better class of man now back to the episode class eight medical material Medical equipment parts, consumable supplies, blood and blood components. Mainstay I can say for here, while we are in a time where we can order good quality medical equipment, do so. You know, use things like North American Rescue to, you know, for your tourniquets and, you know, other consumable items. Something else that you can use, which... You know, once again, hard time strongman does not give medical advice. Um, going to like a ranch and feed store or a you know veterinarian supply or something, you know, those kinds of items a lot of the time can be one to one between animals and people. You know, not talking medication, but like copian, gauze, sterile is sterile. Saline solution. And it's gonna be it's gonna be cheaper. You're going to actually be able to source it as opposed to needing a provider signature for a lot of this stuff. Yes. So good options there. Did you have anything for that? No, I was just saying like you can easily source things like saline solution, painkillers from veterinary supply stores. Because, I mean, yeah, they they dose them for animals, but it's not that hard to figure out the dosage humans 
correct for that. Part-time shaman does not give medical advice. This is notional. This is a notional environment and situation. Also, you could jump to the, you know, you could cross the border to Mexico, get a couple scripts written for you, and come on back. Duration Health. That's another good one. That's mm. a really cool company. That is a good one. You remember that? Yes. Yeah. Talk to a provider, get whatever, um, you know, scripts that you need, and, you know, off you go. Sell AEDs, yes. all the good stuff. So that being said, while we have these options in place, you know, make it a priority. Yes. Because when it's gone, you don't know when it's going to be coming back. Yes. Right? Class nine repair parts. So that's pretty open ended. Like we said, you know, well, like I said a couple minutes ago, I mean, like you need to be able to repair whatever you're searching repair parts for. So work on your skill sets, you know, automotive, you know, small engine, you know, what different tools. So a lot of the stuff, it's, it's what you're able to do or what your body is able to do, what your network is capable of. So, yeah, it's unless you're a freaking hoarder, like my grandfather was, you're not going to have all the parts that you need for whatever you use, be it a lawnmower or a freaking truck or your car, whatever. You're not going to have all the parts. You're just not. There are some, you know, there are some ways to source this stuff. So like you can go to like a pick and pull yard and that can you know go that can get you a long long ways down where you need to go but i mean this is you know like i said it's hard to talk about because this is very situation dependent mm -hmm. on the kind of stuff that you need and a lot of this has to do with your network too you know do you know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who has that part or doesn't use that vehicle anymore or you know etc etc it's a really great use case for that and then moving on to the class 10, so non-military material, agriculture, economic development, et cetera. That's where, you know, civilians are really going to shine, you know, because that's their context, mm -hmm. right? So this is where, you know, especially agriculture type stuff, this is where we're talking about becoming unstarvable, <laughs> you know, making your own class one. So like, this is the important stuff. And this is the stuff that's, you know, really easy to be targeted. Potentially. So that sort of thing you need to keep securing in mind, too. And along with this class, this class 10, you're talking agricultural. There is a lot of. Um, there are a lot of medicinal uses for a lot of plants that you can grow. Oh, at home. And once again, I'm not giving you medical advice, but I really encourage you to go online while we still have all of these resources available to us and start looking up that stuff. It is very, very simple to be able to make an antiseptic in your own home or a cream to treat a burn out of plants that you can get out of your own garden. Yeah, hundred percent. It's all about repurposing. I mean, even things like, even things like dandelion. Yes. Dandelion root can be used as a mild laxative. Can help with digestion. I mean, we just talked about honey. Mm -hmm. Can be used as an antiseptic. Can 
you know, helps with, you know, especially children when you're trying to give them medication that does not taste good. Yes. So a lot of these, you know, you, sh- you should not be turning your nose up at a lot of these old school remedies because they're old school for a reason. That being said, there is some research out there that would suggest not giving your child within the first year of life honey. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not saying do that. Do okay. not do that. <laughs> I'm talking just, about your fussy four-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Just throwing that out there. Yeah. No, you pl- please, please do not take for granted what the man on the podcast is saying. Use your own you know, yes. good judgment, critical Correct. thinking. We're going to put out you know, references where we're able. Check our references. If you have references that contradict that, please send it to us. Absolutely. We love to learn things. Absolutely. <laughs> so... You know, don't, and that's a whole other conversation, but never take anything for granted. You know, use your use your own good judgment, discern things. I think what you're suggesting is don't take things at face value. Yes. Exactly. Okay. So we're done with classes. What about medical care? This this is your bread and butter. This is my wife's bread and butter. <laughs> so when well, you're t- when you're talking about medical care, what are we talking about here, man? So I'll beat on the head again. We talked about it with situation, arms and equipment, communication, medical care, medical equipment. What do you have right now? Not what's in your checkout box waiting for you to hit send, <laughs> not what you think you can get from your buddy or what your buddy said that he had. What medical equipment do you have right now available to you? Is it even, is it expired? <laughs> what medical competency, you know, what is your level of competency? I was, I was right going to say above all else, what is your competency? What can you do? What's your scope? Mm-hmm. What are you Talking, trained to you do? Know, in, in healthcare terms, you yeah. know, I think, you know, you took a CPR class. Great. Excellent. I think everybody should. I think everybody should take a stop the bleeding TC3 class. Right? But no crap. What can you do? What are you comfortable with right now? Right? Who is the medical what who is the medical professional that you know? My wife. <laughs> if you don't know a medical professional, fix that. God, yes. Please fix that. You, should, you know what's your what's your first line your second line your third line in medical kits what's that setup look like what's that tailored to what's that context it like i said is it up to date with your level of competency do you have enough no no you don't you do not have enough medical stuff you don't have enough medical supplies i guarantee it i guarantee you do not so how can you fix that? Well, something Where, you need. You know, something, how can you store the stuff? Something you need to add on to that too is not only are you taking care of your family members, but in your family, there's also four-legged friends. So you need to be having medical kits for them as well. And some of it does cross right. over, but some of it does not. And you need to keep that in mind. Well, well, and understanding care mm-hmm. for, you know, for those animals, right? So, you know, if you have what am i trying to say if you have livestock right if you have 
you know animals that are under your care so that they can provide something for you know how to take care of those animals right have medical equipment for them so you can treat them not just your pets not just your cats and your dogs and everything else right but that's important too god i immediately right actually understanding that and outside of that just understanding the anatomy of what you're working with there yeah yeah, if you're not trained to you know do I mean? something, if you're not trained to do exploratory surgery on an animal, on a person, don't do it. Dear God, don't well, do it. Well, I was just going to say, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Right? Like, when you and me think of, uh, of a limb injury, right? We think high and tight over the wound, you know, a tourniquet, right? Mm-hmm. For a dog, that's not the dog's context. No. Have you seen the, like, the actual vasculature of a, of a dog's extremities? No minimal really minimal minimal it's insane huh yeah look at look it up right now <laughs> check out the actual vasculature of a of a of a dog's uh limbs oh god there's an entire thing holy crap yeah i mean look at that look at like find a good infographic that is freaking crazy it's weird right yeah there's nothing there it's there's just barely anything there wow there's barely anything there so are you going to tourniquet that do you need to i mean you could maybe not yeah you could but maybe you, you don't need to though you're right you may not need to Am I the authority on that? Hell no. no. I'm just saying, like, outside of just, like, learning the basics of, you know, whatever, you know, human or otherwise is under your care, like, start digging into this anatomy while you have the resources available, right? Like, this is stuff you need to know. Consult a veterinary professional. Yeah, but... Uh, like we said, sourcing stuff. So you can sort from, you know, veterinary clinics. You can sort from like, you know, ranch and feed stores. You can source from all that kind of stuff for, a, you know, a good portion of your medical stuff. Mm-hmm. Colban, not even half the price of what you'll find at HEB or Walmart. Same exact stuff, probably bigger because you're talking about big animals, mm-hmm. right? So that's just more material for you. You know, you're not wrong. Cool stuff. Um, what else? It's just getting good training. Getting good training. We had Cells Dynamics on Lance from Cells Dynamics. Awesome. Great dude. Uh, puts out really good stuff. But, you know, I like I said, highly recommend you go take a CPR class. You know, because heart disease is you know, one of the number one killers in the States. Taking a Stop the Bleeder or CC3 class because CC3 is going to cover, you know, about anything trauma related that you're going to run into. Yes, it's designed to. <laughs> right. But actually being proficient in the use of you know, your equipment that you're going to carry or that you do carry. And if you don't carry medical equipment, please fix that. <laughs> please. You know, it doesn't it doesn't take hardly anything to throw a couple turkeys in your car, because what's the method of injury when you're thinking of a car crash? Right. Please. Outside of blood force trauma, outside of you know, concussions, I mean, bleeding, mm-hmm. right? But 
part-time strongman the, does not advocate the tourniqueting of the neck. If you hear, it means that you got just, just right. <laughs> oh, no, but in the in the context that we're we're talking about, right? Your your stores, your equipment stores, are gonna be extremely low, more often than not, probably. You know, you're going to you're going to have to do a lot with a little. So make sure the little you the little that you have is good, and more than anything else, make sure that your people are trained. Not just you, not just your buddy, but your wife, your buddy's wife, your kids. You know anybody that'll listen. You know, try to. You know, we we're looking for this holistic thing, right? We're looking for a holistic concept, a holistic approach, with you know a lot of bodies knowing the same thing. So that we can all be on the same page and do everything better. And I hate to say it, but this is probably one of the better things that the army had in mind was just organization and administration, like keeping track of what people know and what they don't know is going to be a key thing when this kind of thing happens. It's, it's very easy to just be like, okay, everybody go to this class, but then, you know, the hard part along with a lot of this stuff is retaining that knowledge and you're going to have to come up with your own way of testing this kind of stuff because it's not just, Hey, go to this class. Okay. You're good. And then come time for it to be used. And then, you know, this individual who just kind of went to the class and just zoned out, doesn't know exactly how to stop a bleed. You're screwed. Yeah. So above all, be organized, test people, test people, Test people. There is a reason why people go to the range. Yes. Skills are perishable, especially if they didn't actually learn how to do them. Right. And I hate to say it, but we've run into that kind of thing in Ukraine a lot. Hmm. Training people wrong, doing the wrong thing, all of it. Yeah. Fluffing the resume, thinking they could actually be a medic when they're just a shooting professional and don't have any actual medical training. Yeah, I know I've hit that before, but I'm going to use that as an example time and time again. Well, it's scary. It is. It's scary. But outside of, you know, the vetting and training portion, right? So without organization, nothing happens. You're right. Right. And like I said, another class that we'll do on the Hunter Killer team we're going to really hit on the head decentralization because resistance talking about an irregular force talking about a David versus Goliath type thing, right? You don't want, you know, you are trying to decentralize so that you can't get hit by, you know, say one attack or, you know, one action and then be decapitated and, you know, the, you know, the operation is done or the mission's over, or, you know, everything's wiped away, right? So you need contingencies, you need people who are on the same page, right? People who can act independently of the greater mission, but still work together, you know, to further that goal. Organization's a hard one to touch in, you know, just some bullet points, but be thinking of 
who you have available, what they can do, and how best to utilize them. When you've done that, right, when you've gotten everybody, you know, on the same page, you know, headspace wise, like, hey, if such and such happens, we need to do this, or hey, we're in this, you know, situation, we need to, you know, we need to do something, all right, you know, establish your SOPs, establish something that everybody can fall back on to bring everybody on the same page, right? That's what you're looking for. You're looking for consistency and you're looking for quality. In all of this too, best case scenario, you're looking at a Rogers Rangers kind of thing Mm. where you actually have some kind of support from a larger force, be it supplies, intelligence, whatever. Worst case scenario, you're looking at Red Dawn where it's just you. It's just your friends. It's just your local community. There's nobody giving you anything. Well, also, but you know, remember they were, you know, obviously they were cut off. You know, they were deep, deep behind mm-hmm. occupied territory, but there was still the larger force fighting. You know, the, the army was not, you know, the, the states were not completely destroyed or defeated. They were just deep oh, that's behind true. enemy lines. That is true. So, you know, I think it was like in the epilogue after he's like, yeah, yeah, sorry, man, everybody died. But later, you know, they were they were key in, you know, in the in the fight. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have to think in this in this scenario, you are not the end all be all. Right. You are not planning on you know being the the driving force in this, you know, in this war effort and in, in, in this fight, in this context. Right. We're, we're harking back to to red dawn a lot in this because it's an easy context for everybody to get on the same page on but you know like we said in you know in the the preface for this class talking about resistance refusal to comply attempt to prevent something from happening right so you are acting in a david versus goliath you're acting in a uh harassing or a disrupting context right you are trying to be hell for whoever your opponent is right so and for context sake the, i i realize that rogers rangers was part of the occupying force i, I understand that but it's the principle by what they were actually but doing. it's the organizational principle is what you're right. talking about yes yeah. i just want to clarify that before somebody jumps my case on before someone lights DMs. you up yeah yeah i don't want to get lit up so uh, let, me, let, me, let me clarify let me context that uh but um, like I was saying, in this context, the best thing that you can do is survive. Correct. Not just for yourself, but just the longevity of it. If you're a thorn in a larger force's side, that is a constant, a constance that they're going to have to expend effort on. Whether that's people, whether that's equipment, whether that's just headspace. If if some, you know, commanders just worry about, oh, crap, you know, what about those dudes in the freaking, you know, like in that county or whatever? I can't go in there without getting lit up or, you know, that's like just, you know, whatever you can do to live in their head or to to be a pain. That's what we're that's what we're looking for here. Yep. So longevity surviving 
is the name of the game. If you can cause casualties, if you can cause hysteria, all the better. Even better. Mm -hmm. So thinking specifically disrupting and harassing. Right? So in Red Dawn, those high school kids were making it absolute hell for the Russians to operate out of their town. They were taking out convoys. They were taking out patrols. They were, you know, just they were a huge, a huge factor, a huge lord in their side. And it played to really great effect for a long time. Those kids were operational for a long time. Mm -hmm. So. Brother, you got anything else for it? Dude, no, this was a long episode, a lot of information, a lot of good information, though. Oh, yeah, I mean, this was one episode, man. We could talk about this forever. Oh, God. We had to be somewhat, <laughs> we had I know. To be somewhat uh, I know. concise. I, I, wanted, I really wanted to deep dive into the psychological aspect of it or even like this, the gorilla side of it, you know, you know, Rogers Rangers or even, you know, the character that was based off of them, the Patriot. Yes, Squirrel Warfare FM 31 dash, what was it, 12? 21. 31, 21. Yep, FM 31 dash yep. 21. Squirrel Warfare. Got it. Mm -hmm. Right here. Maybe we'll do a, and maybe we'll do an episode on, on disruption or harassing. I think so. Because there are so many, there are so many different things that you can do. I mean, hell, Reaper talked about it. Uh, the, what was it called? The three, uh, the three one three, the three two one, or basically three teams, three sniper teams, mm -hmm. Both. talking guns essentially. Yeah, able to keep an eye on each other, but also harass mm -hmm. the enemy. Yep, and right, and able to egress so you're not. Yeah, I mean, just and think about all the time that takes. Like, yeah, huge, absolute huge multiplier, force multiplier, huge force multiplier. There's so much you can do, but. Trying to actually stay on top of it. That's that's about all I had for it, man. So if you're still here. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for being with us. We obviously had a lot of fun with this episode. There is so much that we can talk about. There's years and years of information that guys have put out that people have studied. People have spent their whole lives studying on this subject. So what we try to put out today is just a concise list of just considerations for you things that you need to be thinking about if you want to be operating in this kind of context or you expect to be operating in this kind of context so we will expound on all of this guaranteed but in the meantime any last words so once again you know we may not dive into a whole lot of detail on a lot of the stuff we may but most of the time we won't we're just trying to put it all together. You know, there's a lot of information out there. We're just trying to put it into a context where you as an, you know, everyday individual and as a small community can put this to use. You know, it gives you an idea where to start. And granted, we are going to deep dive on a lot of this stuff. We're going to get into more, uh, more detailed, more detailed discussions on these things 
which, you know, some of which we already are on our Discord. Shout out to that. Um, but like he said, for now, we're just putting this out there, give you some ideas, give you some context, and hopefully we sparked some, turn on some light bulbs in your head on ways that you can change your current lifestyle to accommodate some of these things. And if not even change anything right now, things that you need to be thinking about. Correct. In the future. Correct. Right. Near future. The way things are going. Yeah. My last word, I'm just going to call back to what we said in the beginning of the episode. Wolverines. Resistance. The <laughs> Wolverine. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. The, the few must stand against many. We've seen it time and again. It will happen again. That's what it means to be a strong man in hard times. So get there. Guys, thank you for joining us. We're the Hard Time Strong Man Podcast. Showing up a very class of man. Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. Hey guys, this is 6 and 7 with the Hard Time Strongman Podcast. Wanted to take a second to do a mental health check-in and to tell you all about the 988 Crisis Lifeline. So, the 988 Lifeline is a national network of local crisis centers that provides free and confidential emotional support to people in suicidal crisis or emotional distress 24 hours a day, 7 days a week in the United States. You can reach the Lifeline at 988lifeline.org or you can call or text 988 to get help to get someone real on the phone. Every struggle is different. Every struggle is hard. But you are not alone in whatever you're going through. As someone who has used the 988 crisis line, I fully recommend that if you're feeling any of those feelings of depression, suicide, hopelessness, Get in touch with them immediately. They will help you. They will listen to you. Once again, guys, you can reach the Lifeline at 988lifeline.org or you can call or text them at 988. As always, guys, stay in the fight. Stay in the fight.